how does that, how does that concept say relate to, you know, someone like you and, and how you think about things? Do you see examples of any ideas that you've, you've thought one way about a particular topic, but then that's been changed by new information or a new perspective? I'm thinking of the example. There's, have you heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect at all? Yes, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So my boss actually pointed this out to me that basically the whole idea is the less you know about something at times um, means, can mean, um, the more conviction you have. So I see this a lot. I see this a lot in the workplace. For example, you have salespeople or account managers that don't know the first thing about the technical world, but they know like maybe just a little bit about it. And then they go into every encounter, essentially um, thinking they can go toe to toe with someone that's very technical. And they don't like, for example, when you, when you push back and you like ask a few questions that'll potentially undo that sort of thinking, you can tend like these, these sort of people, I mean, I've done this myself many times before <laughs> I kind of draw the awareness to it, but essentially you can get very emotional as a reaction. Um, and then kind of just stop the conversation short, if that makes sense. That's, that's the tendency I see people taking towards, um, basically having these strong opinions when maybe, maybe they need to actually be challenged on the ideas they have to get a better understanding as opposed to just shutting down and thinking, you know, what I know is, is right. So that's one example I see straight off the bat, just in a work environment. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's a pretty good example. Yeah. I think that where most people say listening to this might apply this is that, or where I get most concerned is that they have a very narrow view of themselves. This is the part I would draw most attention to. You, most, most people have a very, very narrow view of themselves. They have this idea that they're, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, that they are. I am a lawyer person or I am a corporate person or I am a, a teacher or I'm just a writer and I can't do business and I'm just a business person I can't write and I'm just a house parent and people have these very, very locked in opinions of who they are. This comes back to locking things in on the identity level and Astro the dog again for me. Uh, I'm sure it's not the only factor, but this idea that uh, you want human beings as suckers for familiarity. We are suckers for familiarity. And so we are very biased towards finding this identity we can have of ourselves, that we are a particular person, a particular thing, a particular job. And using that to say, oh, I know who I am. I'm a insert. And that can be a job title. That can be a religious belief. That can be a nationality or something. Something that makes you feel this is who I am. There's that phrase I've never really understood, which I've never had for myself, which is people who say they want to find themselves. For example, uh, I, I feel like when they say that, I kind of understand what they mean, but I don't think it's very well indicated by those words, literally, for example. And this is like, I think people are finding this thing they can latch their identity onto. And I worry about that because then they kind of lock it in. It helps them feel sure about themselves. And that's why I think the person who says they want to find themselves is saying they, they kind of want to be sure about themselves themselves through finding something ironically, rather than just through 
probably what it really is is self-acceptance, even though that's not always easy. Um, to bring this all back to something that's a bit more kind of constructive, it becomes very familiar even if it's bad. Because we're suckers for familiarity, because familiar is safe. This, I feel like this is a big reason why people cling to a lot of bad habits like, uh, you know, abusive partners or um, terrible work environments and putting up with a terrible work situation uh, or, you know, other situations where you're not happy. Because even though you're not happy, it's still safe on a psychological level compared to the unknown. And you've locked this into your identity. I, I really believe one of my blog posts and former podcast episodes is the idea of the psychological nomad. Like the idea that your identity can travel to many different places, but should never live anywhere. You know, you have, that means you have no land to protect. You've got no land taxes to pay. There's no council rates. You're very free. So when there's a next, we had COVID, right? Which shattered a lot of people's ideas about themselves. When the next thing happens, whether it's in your life or it's a global thing again, you'll be able to move and live somewhere else because psychologically you're light. You don't, you haven't dropped your anchor and your roots down in any one particular place and planted yourself and saying, I am this thing. So I think that's the way you look at yourself, but also the way you look at um, ideas in your job. Uh, you, you, you raise that point and that's a really good day-to-day -day example of like how you think and operate in an employment capacity or day-to-day -day capacity. Uh, I would you know, you think about someone like an investor and an investor can often be, well, you talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect, but sometimes I feel like a lot of knowledge can be very counterintuitive sometimes. Experience can be very counterintuitive. A good example right now is this generation of parents who obviously have much less exposure and understanding of, say, the digital world, you know, podcasts and how to make podcasts and you know, how to create websites and whatever else, who through their experience growing up saw something like, say, whether it was a university or, you know, applying yourself in a particular field like law or something like that, or, or a corporate pathway as like the way to go. Because um, in their experience in their time, it was a pretty good, or it seemed like a pretty good pathway. Um, as that changes over time, that idea has become locked in they're never as receptive to what's happening now as someone who's say young and coming through. This is the big challenge we have right now. And, you know, experience and prior knowledge can also be very counterintuitive for what you're choosing to work on. The last bit I'd like to say about this is kind of to bring in a bit of Anthony DeMello again. He's always worth mentioning. And he says the, you know, someone's brainwashed when they interject ideas that are not theirs and are willing to die for them. And they're willing to die for ideas that weren't even theirs to begin with. And it's so easy to inherit a way of thinking and not filter that, but you must be your own filter for the way you think. And you must understand, I think, the way you're thinking. 